Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. So the lines are wide open. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000, and there is... <clears throat> a dedicated text line. Um, we notice people calling in on that line from time to time. Nobody checks that line. Nobody answers that line. And nobody answers any voicemail. So please only use it for texting during the show. And that's 720-336-0897. I want to give a shout out to everyone listening around the country. Uh, and we have quite a bit of international uh, logins on our app, so welcome. Specifically, I want to welcome everyone that's on Truth FM Radio Network and the Hope FM Radio Network. Received a really good, encouraging uh, testimony from someone today listening on Hope FM uh, to our Abounding Grace radio broadcast. That's the teaching ministry of Calvary Church uh, that uh, comes from ministry here. Uh, and I have the privilege of being the teacher on Abounding Grace. And so shout out to you guys listening on Hope FM, um, to Calvary Live, and to Abounding Grace. And Abounding Grace is a radio ministry. Uh, let me check. I always forget the amount of years uh, we have been on the air. But let me see if I can find it here. Uh, okay, that's not that way. Let me find it a different way, radio. So we started in 2001. Uh, so that means, uh, what, 18 years, uh, 18 years being on the air, Abounding Grace. And I remember we started, uh, We and for, forgive me in the, the length of this show, but i still battling this sickness that I had before I left uh, for our mission trip, <clears throat> and now it's kind of like a sore throat. So if I clear my throat or anything, I apologize. I'm going to do my best not to. <clears throat> but I feel it already. Um, but when we launched out as a brand new church plant back in 2000, well, we, you know, our our birthday was December 1999. Um, but we were praying about how we could reach our city uh, with limited resources, and you know, just planting the church beginning. And radio was a big tool, even though it was very expensive. Uh, but we talked to the board of elders, and. We had a brother that visited our church from California. This is a great testimony. He visited our church on, in California. I actually was away that weekend on one of our first vacations with our family back to California because we were a little, uh, this was in 2000, <clears throat> and we, we were a little homesick. Um, <laughs> let me rephrase that. We were a lot homesick. And so we, um, I, I went back and... He actually had visited the church and then called the church and left a voicemail. 
So when I got back, the brother that I asked to take care of the phone deleted, accidentally deleted all the voicemails um, uh, while we were away, <clears throat> which was kind of a bummer. <laughs> and and so I don't know, maybe there were 10 in a week or something like that. And so I went back and I went through the caller ID and I called back every number that was on caller ID. And this brother answered. His name is Steve. He was from Orange County, California. And he's connected to uh, his mother-in-law, lived in town here, looking for a church for them, uh, just barely introduced to Calvary Chapel. I think back then our church was maybe 60 people, adults maybe, 50, 60, something along those lines. And and he says, you know, uh, Ed, I never received a phone call back from a pastor before. And uh, that, that sparked a friendship, which sparked a a gift from him to our church. He gave a very, he was a very successful businessman and he gave a <clears throat> very large, uh, comp- you know, it was, it was large compared to our budget back then. And we didn't know what to do with it. Never received a gift like that before. Didn't even know that happened. Uh, and we put it in the bank and it was his gift that launched the first year of Abounding Grace Radio, one AM station here in Denver, 670 AM uh, late in the after or late in the evening like 7 or 7:30 p.m. I only had finished two books of the Bible teaching by then so we repeated the books of the Bible uh, over and over again until I finished another book and and that was the start of of abounding grace radio and abounding grace now is heard on I haven't counted uh, uh, I actually need to um, I actually need to look again and count the stations but I think we're on over a hundred stations around the country now uh, we have a presence on oneplace.com uh, and the the opportunity to um, to minister uh, through radio and just got uh, and uh, like I said, I just got, I'm, it was pretty encouraging because I woke up to this. Somebody texted me from the East Coast uh, and just really encouraged me that there was feedback from Abounding Grace in, uh, in off of Hope FM. So with all that being said, uh, welcome to our show. And to think all these years, not only Abounding Grace, but now Calvary Church here uh, celebrating our 20-year anniversary actually has the privilege of owning um, two very strong, full-power uh, radio stations that cover 80% of Colorado's population. And we are very, very grateful to provide Grace FM. And it was provided through the giving and the gifts of, of you. You continue to put Grace FM on the air. Calvary Church, um, the church itself paid for the stations. Um, through the ties and offerings and invested that was it was our radical step of faith to invest in providing solid Bible teaching to our city and basically beyond our city now uh, 24 hours a day uh, seven days a week all day every day and uh, I know that God has used grace FM in amazing ways uh, throughout the years and every single day we get a we get uh, feedback 
And uh, we went on the air December 22nd. Um, I remember we purchased the station Way FM that has another station now. And uh, they let us go on early. They were, we were going to go at the beginning of the year, but they let us go on early. Uh, handed it over to us on December 22nd, 2010. Uh, and what a ride it's been. So give me a call. We got open lines. Um, I don't see uh, anybody calling. So give me a call. 303-690-3000. Uh, here we go. Let's go some text lines while we're waiting, okay? When I'm without a church home, where can I find spiritual support in the form of reviewing my draft faith story and receiving suggestions for improvement? I want to do my very best for God. Well, uh, I believe that you don't have to be without a church home. You need to find a church home, be a part of the church community, and ask the leadership or the men and the elders or friends to review this draft faith story. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's not okay to not be a part of a church community. It's not okay. I know it's become norm, and I don't know your story, so I'm not saying this for anyone listening. I'm not saying this as a judgment upon you, just simply a fact. It's a fact um, that we not forsake the fellowship. I'm, I'm going to be looking at this at Calvary Church here not too long from now uh, because it's our regular study of Hebrews. <clears throat> and in Hebrews, as we get there, we'll get there in a couple weeks, uh, there's, a, there's an admonition. There is an uh, encouragement. There is an exhortation to not forsake the gathering of ourselves together as the manner of some. We're not to forsake it. We're not to forsake it. So whether you have a commitment in a church home or you go to church every week, like you need to be in a body of believers where there is uh, eldership and leadership over you. God, God designed the church. Uh, God is the one that has um, given us the church. And he has encouraged us to be an active part of the body of Christ. And there is just simply no way around that. Here's the New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but in to encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And we're, we're simply not to neglect the gathering of ourselves together. And um, we've, got, we've got a lot to learn about that in the life of our church here coming up uh, on our weekend services. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Is there any... Another text question. Is there any... Uh-oh, I lost it here. <clears throat> what does it say? Is there many Antichrists before the true one is revealed? Is there are there many? I got it. Okay, uh, are there many antichrists before the true one is revealed? That is a great question, and the answer is yes, yes. There is there are many antichrists that are not reflective of the one capital A antichrist revealed in the end times, and we receive that insight from John. Uh, John is the one where we learn of this word antichrist, and he says. <coughs> Excuse me. Dear children, this is 1 John 2.18. Dear children, the last hour is here, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know the last hour has come. 
So the, that is a great question. And the answer is yes. There are many antichrists, little antichrists, um, before the capital A antichrist comes on the scene. 303-690-3000 is the number. And so let me go to the phone lines. We're going to go right to the phone lines. Bob is calling. Uh, Bob, what city are you calling from? Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you very much. I'm calling from Denver. Welcome to the program, Bob. Uh, thank you very much. And I'm driving right now, so I'll just ask my question and kind of listen. Um, I okay. thought I understood this, but I guess I'm off, because one of the other pastors yesterday uh, mentioned that there was a difference between the rapture and the second coming of Jesus. I That's thought correct. that <clears throat> Jesus came, and there's a trumpet, and then all the believers are raptured up then, and then we go to the tribulation, and then Jesus comes Again, I guess the very end, the end of Revelation, and uh, establishes his kingdom um, for all eternity. So I guess I didn't know there was a difference between um, the rapture and the second coming. So if you could explain that, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. Before you hang up, though, I just want you to know the way you just explained it, you explained the distinction between the two. Okay. One happens One happens to capture the believers prior to the seven-year tribulation period as the believers rise up and meet him in the air— and the return of Jesus to the earth when he comes on the Mount of Olives and he splits it in two and he comes into the eastern gate of Jerusalem and he begins to rule and reign for a thousand years is his second coming. Okay. So does Jesus not come back like from the clouds down to rapture the Christians, the believers? Actually, the, the, the rapture of the church happens in the clouds. So Jesus doesn't return physically to the earth oh. in the rapture. Okay. Um, I'll give you a couple things to consider. Um, The distinction between the... First of all, the two events are separated by seven years. With the rapture, Jesus is coming for his saints, and they meet him in the air. In the second coming, Jesus is coming with his saints, and he comes to the earth. Um, In the rapture, the Bible says that Jesus is met in the clouds, but in the second coming, he literally comes to the earth, on the earth, physically. Oh, Okay. Well, then I guess I was kind of confused. So then, at the very end, um, when Jesus comes and establishes the kingdom on the earth, to me, that's like the—because I think he says, like, the new heaven and new earth will come, or whatever it is, like— because I always thought heaven was up in the clouds and whatnot, but then in Revelation, I got the sense that earth is going to be, like, his new kingdom here. Is that—am uh, I misunderstanding that as well? Yeah, I mean, the, the essence of heaven is in, it, you could say that heaven is the eternal state. It is that, that place, the, the, the place where God is. And part of heaven in eternity will be on the new earth. And there'll be a physical existence that you and I enjoy uh, that will be encompassed in heaven. Like it won't be a, like right now we're separated uh, in, from the presence of Jesus Christ in the sense of his permanent residence in heaven. But in the eternal state, when all things are consummated, heaven will encompass, it will be in totality of the new heaven and the new earth. It will all be one. Okay. And we'll have well, there a you go. Well, that's pretty exciting. It, it really is exciting, you know, because the cartoons and such kind of makes heaven look out. We're going to live on the clouds and play harps and be bored yeah. to death. But the Bible teaches 
that there's going to be a real existence in eternity on a new earth that is a part of heaven. Like, so we kind of get spatial, we get spatial in our thought processes, but in eternity, that spatial part will be done away with, um, kind of like living, like those that have died and are in the presence of the Lord are in that eternal state right now, awaiting the full thing, the full consummation of all God's Word. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Do you have any other callers calling in? Because I have another question if you don't have any callers. Uh, I do, but just go ahead. I was going to say, this one's about the Holy Ghost. Like, I know that our temple is the body of the Holy Ghost, and I'm not sure if the Holy Spirit can leave believers or not, because if the Holy Spirit can't leave believers, and let's say I'm not living a good lifestyle, am I making my body a prison for the Holy Spirit, and am I just making it just a horrible place to indwell? It's well. That's a great question, and so let's talk about that for a second. I think talking out loud. I've never heard this question before, so I'm going to talk okay. out loud with my thoughts. Uh, you're, you, the Holy Spirit is is never anywhere that He doesn't want to be. So you okay. will. It is impossible for you to force God to do anything. He He is the one that initiates. He is the one that chooses to dwell in us. He is the one that to, that chooses to. Um, live inside of the believer to do, literally dwell and and overcome the 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 weakness of our own humanity so he'll he'll never be imprisoned so that's a that's the first answer um, okay well when you when when you live a life of sin let's say you just choose to be you know all rank in sin and do dumb things who's actually the one in prison god or you I guess it'd be me. And and so that would be the right order, because the Holy Spirit inside of you would be bringing conviction. The Holy Spirit living, dwelling inside of you would be drawing you to the Father, would be bringing conviction. The Holy Spirit would be aiding you, like Jesus said. Jesus yeah. called the Holy Spirit the Helper. And so yeah. he's going to help you and to deliver you from that, and he wouldn't be the one in prison. You would be the one in prison. Okay. Well, that's but, good to know because I want to live a good life, so the Holy Spirit doesn't uh, doesn't you know it's not bad for him. But I guess it's me, so that makes well, sense and, too. And and I would say this, you know, let's flip that question around before you hang up. The okay. the 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 good news of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you is that He is constantly leading you, empowering you, helping you, growing you, strengthening you, like the very. Whenever you and I do anything that pleases God, it is precisely because the Holy Spirit prompted it in our lives to begin with. Like we are unable in our own strength to do anything good for God. But because we've been regenerated, because we now have a spiritual relationship that is connected with the God of the universe, He is the one that motivates and moves us to do anything good. And even greater, if we do anything bad of our own will, He brings great conviction to get us back on track. So it's a win, 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 win all the way around to have God dwelling in us. Well, that's really great. And I just want to tell you, I'm so glad that I found this radio station. Like, I used to listen to, like, sports radio on the way at home and stuff, and I always used to get, like, so grumpy and whatnot. But now that i found (laughs) you guys, like, I am just, like, so much happier on my ride home. And, like, you guys are answering questions that, you know, I might not be asking, but other people are asking, and it's just a huge blessing. And so I listen to it as much as I can throughout the day. So thank you very much. You're welcome, Bob. Pray for us. Thanks. 
All right. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. And, you know, I, um, I really, really, really love to hear testimonies like that. Um, that, that Bob, if Bob was the only listener, you know, we would be blessed uh, as a church family. But we know Bob's not the only listener. And it's just because I oversee uh, Grace FM um, as a part of the church, I always want to invite you to please support the station. It's, it's sharing in testimonies like Bob. And of course, if you're listening on Truth FM or another station in California, in Texas, wherever you might be listening to this, uh, always support your local Christian radio. But if you're here in Colorado, go to gracefm.com and support. And you, we, it's all set up now uh, so easy where you can do it monthly. Uh, you can do it regularly. And, and, and believe me, every little bit counts. That's, that's how we were able to purchase the station. Um, and, and just for the sake of, of understanding what that means, uh, to buy both radio stations, just the purchase price was $3.5 million. And, uh, you know, we're not a $3.5 million church, but through the faithful giving of our fellowship nine years ago, we were able to purchase these and, and alone, you know, our friends <laughs> at a, a very, a, we have a relationship with a bank, of course, and they loaned us some money to do it as well. But uh, every little bit counts. You might think, well, you know, I only, I can only do five or 20 or hundred or whatever. Every, it all adds up. And uh, now we have the ongoing expenses of equipment and we're always fixing things and, and um, you know, it just, you know, it costs, it costs a lot just to get the phone line from our, from our studios to the tower and rent and on and on. So gracefm.com and we'd love to have you support us. Tracy, or excuse me, Stacy uh, in Fort Collins. Stacy, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. What can I do for you? Um, I just I would like to hear you explain like the correct interpretation of like speaking in tongues. Okay. And um, I, I heard I believe one of your messages too. You were talking about like when people talk about binding and loosing things yes. in the spiritual realm, um, and and um, so that was kind of an interesting take on it for me. Um, so I just wanted to find out what um, sure. what the correct interpretation of that would be. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. But since we have a few minutes, when um, when you heard that teaching, because I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna say that my teaching was that we don't talk to the devil like that. Right. Exactly. And that probably caught your attention. It did. <laughs> um, because there are there are segments of the church that really believe that the interpretation of binding and loosing actually has this ability that. You know, we can speak to the devil. We can bind him and throw him in a box, and and we can like like physically, like like meant, um, verbally, and it's a big production on stage or a big production in a house. And and I don't believe the Bible teaches that. And uh, there's really there's really no substantive biblical evidence that we can do that. Um, the idea of binding and loosing the the, um, uh, the devil is actually from our abiding relationship that we actually don't do the binding and loosing, but God does. Okay. And and so, uh, with that in mind, did you have any questions on that? Like that that uh, it obviously got your attention, but did you have any follow up question that that might 
I can clear up for I'd you on that. that. I don't remember where it's found, but it, I remember the verse that it, you know, it talks about whatever is found on earth will be bound, and whatever is on earth will be moved to heaven. Yes. So is that pertaining to, like, whatever God finds in Lucius? So actually, and, that I reference... Mean, according to what I'm understanding. <laughs> yeah, so that reference actually comes to us within the... Uh, within the context of church discipline, it comes to us in the context of bringing about a uh, an important um, uh, an important element of bringing about a judgment, biblical judgment upon a situation, so that when we bind something, when we come to an agreement on earth, it's an agreement in heaven. Um, it really was never intended to go and bind the devil and. I mean, because if if that if the way it's being um, if the way it's being uh, attributed within some of the segments of the uh, uh, Pentecostal churches, then the devil should be bound permanently by now. There's like a million believers binding him. Uh, he sh- he should be bound by now. But but th- but since that's not possible, then what does then we have to go backwards and say um, where where in the scriptures like what what is that, what is God exactly trying to teach us? when it comes to this binding and what is it exactly you know that one way that we can bind the work of of the devil is by simply abiding in christ because the devil can't touch us in christ uh he can tempt us he can come after us but he has to go through jesus um before he ever gets to us and and so there's a piece of binding there and then there's a an idea of binding when it comes to uh the the agreement of church discipline. You know, when leaders bring about a decision on the earth, um, they're they're doing it with the authority of God. And if it agrees with God, then whatever's been bound on earth, whatever's been stopped on earth, um, is agreed by heaven. And then the idea of loosing, you know, the the idea of loosing, that's another thing that gets that gets um exaggerated because, you know, people will go as far to say, um, um, you know, I loose uh, wealth into your life. Well, how ridiculous that is! That's so ridiculous. Like that—that's not. You, if that was true, then then every believer, Everybody like, would just—I would just stand up there and we'd all be billionaires. But it's a—it's a misuse of the scriptures. The, the the idea of binding and loosing really actually comes to us from Matthew 18, uh, within the context of agreeing in heaven with the decisions that are made on earth. And, and one, okay. you know, when we do battle in the spiritual realm, because that's true, the devil's real, the battle's real, the idea of hindering his work and stopping his work. Remember, um, there was that time in the scriptures where um, we're instructed to say, we're instructed, it's not, um, I, I come up against you, the devil. I say, no, the Lord rebuke you. I, I hide in the Lord for him to do the work of rebuking. I, I don't do it because um, I have no power in myself. Right, that makes sense. And so, with that in mind, we're coming up on the break, and because I want to give a full answer to the tongues, I was just noticing we. So, can you wait until after the break? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll come back right after the break. Uh, Trent, if you could put her back on hold, and then uh, we'll kind of talk out to the end of the show here. Um, I I think it is good for us, you know, when we when we think through the the uh, reality of. Uh, of how we how we handle the text and uh, how we uh, are what the book of Acts reveals to us Bereans where we're testing everything that we hear 
Uh, for example, you guys are part of our church here at Calvary. You know that last night before I taught in our Bible study in Daniel, I had to correct a mistake that I made in the previous teaching. I had made a mistake. Um, it, I, I, would, I would say it wasn't a serious theological mistake, like I didn't teach uh, bad doctrine or anything, but I did make a mistake with the text uh, where I had said something about Daniel and actually made a big deal about it, and I was wrong. And I got an email after this text, and I had also somebody come and talk to me. And and after I le- listened, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I made a mistake. And so I had to stand before the church yesterday and explain the error and explain the correction. And that happens at times. I wish more people would do that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Second half of the program is here. I, I can't believe how fast the show goes. It just goes so quickly. And you guys know we don't uh, full, we don't backload this show with a bunch of advertisements so that we talk five minutes and then five minutes of ads. We just talk straight through. Uh, and the, one of the ways that we get to do that, uh, first of all, we're not a commercial station, so we, we can't do ads. Uh, we do support, and uh, you know we do what, what they call donor acknowledgement, uh, where uh, a company, and we have quite a few companies that give regularly, and in exchange for their gifts, we're able to acknowledge them on the air. Uh, so you can always join us on that. Information's available on gracefm.com. Uh, but we, we instead depend upon the giving of faithful listeners like you. And that helps keep this show pretty much, you know, out of a 60 minutes, 57 minutes of talking and just go straight through and not keep getting interrupted with spots. And, um, at, and But we do need to take a break halfway for um, uh, to rest or go use the restroom, whatever. So thanks for thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving. So we're going to go back to Stacy uh, in Fort Collins. Uh, Stacy, welcome back. Hi. Um, I just wanted to mention before we move on to tongues that the other time that that message that that truth of binding and loosing was mentioned was the first time really before Matthew eighteen is in Matthew sixteen when he's talking to Peter, uh, but he's talking to Peter about the gospel going forth. The context of binding and loosing is the gospel. If Peter choose, he has the gates, he has the keys, right? So if he chooses to share the gospel, he's loosing the truths upon people's lives. If he chooses not to share, then he's binding, he's holding back the truth. It's not really the context that we can run around and yell at the devil. Okay. All right, so let's come to tongues. Um, uh, You had a question. Your original question was uh, to explain tongues. Yeah. Uh, And so we did that here at our church when we taught through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, We went through all the manifestations of the gifts uh, and uh, of the charisma uh, gifts of God, and the definition of the manifestation is what I, here's what I shared. Uh, the gift of tongues is a vocal miracle. It's a miracle of speech that was predicted to come by Jesus himself when he said in Mark chapter 16 that they will speak with new tongues. Jesus predicted a vocal miracle would occur among his disciples, speaking in what we know as tongues, which is a spiritual language that is used to express praise, worship, thanks, and intercession to God. 
It is the God-given spiritual ability to speak a language that you have not learned and do not really understand. And it is sometimes exercised in a public church setting, which, uh, although it is, it's very rare, but when it is exercised, it is, it is in a language that is not understood in that room, except by those with the gift of interpretation. Uh, and the word translated tongues is actually the word glossa, and it means a manner of speech or a tongue uh, physically, you know, like the physical tongue. And it, it speaks of the bypassing of your mind in uh, our limited linguistic abilities to express ourselves in the spirit directly with God. That would be a simple definition. Okay. So, um, do you, you say that um, it rarely happens in the church it, or in the church setting? Is that correct? It, 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 I, I did say that, yes. It's a, because the emphasis in a gathering of a church is for the discipleship of the church. It is for the proclamation of the gospel. And it is for the edification of the church. And the Bible says that the gift of tongues is actually a gift that God gives for personal edification. And okay. if it does occur in a public setting, we're given the limitation of this gift. So it's not necessarily sinful for it to be exercised. As a matter of fact, in our fellowship, we actually have special services where we gather together with believers for the sake of giving freedom for that to be give to for that particular manifestation to be exercised, but it's limited. The Bible says there's two limitations on it. Number 1, there must be an interpretation. Uh, there must be someone with the gift of interpretation there in the meeting and give the interpretation. And then it's limited to two or three times and then that's it. Okay. Okay, so then um, you sound pretty familiar with, like, the Pentecostal um, version of all this. <laughs> um, so my question is, um, they refer to speaking in tongues, like, during prayer as a prayer language. Yes, um, I agree with that. And I'm sorry? I agree with that. It is. I do believe it's a personal prayer language. Okay. All right. And I just kind of want to get your take on that as well. Um and, so, and here's the personal prayer language. Um, in, it's you know we get most of our insight from First Corinthians on this. There is an episode, remember, in the beginning of the church, uh, in the Book of Acts. But I think that's a distinctive, not a normative, because by the time we get to Corinthians, we see the gift being corrected in the church, whereas it was clear in the in the Book of Acts, in the first expression of that of, of tongues was in a different language for the birth of the church. And they were under the languages were understood, and I believe it's a distinction of what we see in Corinthians. Um, okay. And what we see in Corinthians, it says, "For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God." And that's the definition of tongue. And when we speak to God, that's prayer. Right. Right. And so, like, when you're when you're praying, obviously. There doesn't need to be an interpretation. I mean, it's just it's a personal prayer language between you and the Lord, correct? Correct. It doesn't need. Yeah, that when it's not in the public, that it, it then then it is you, um, you know, you enjoying a sweet, intimate, personal edification time with God. Um, however, 
um, the Bible says uh, in Corinthians that if you have the manifestation of tongues, that you can pray for the interpretation. So it's not it's okay if you ask the Lord during your prayer time as you're praying in tongues to give him insight on what you're saying. He may want to give that to you. That's cool. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate um, your explanation on all that. You're welcome. You know, I think what we a lot of what we see among uh, many Pentecostal charismatic churches is exactly what Paul's correcting. Because well, yeah, you know, they you... seem to seek attention for a gift and, and and draw attention to themselves rather than draw attention to God. And, and, um, and in at many least times, that's, that's in my exactly. experience. And um, and so that just kind of bothers me. <laughs> I agree. I think many times there is a sense of of the activity, the the hyperactivity with these things that really isn't anywhere in the Bible reflective. I, I remember I, I, I remember a few years ago I was flipping through um, uh, Christian television and there was these two real popular um, you know, men that teach um, the prosperity gospel. I don't even like to say it that way because it's not a gospel. Uh, it's only right. for their personal prosperity, but they're in that camp and they were actually on the stage kind of big, this big presentation. It was one of their uh, fundraising things, uh, trying to get money from people. And they're yelling tongues at each other across the stage. And there is absolutely zero biblical support for such a behavior. And it's actually contrary to everything the Bible has to say about that particular manifestation of the Spirit. It's just, it's just bizarre. Well, I'll tell you a little, just as I know we're getting close to time to go, but um, so when I was younger, I actually went to one of those schools, one of those Bible training schools, (laughs) and um, I quit toward the end of the year (laughs) um, because of something that had been said, and I was young. I was um, 17, turning 18 years old, and... um, it just really bothered me. Uh, you know, basically what had been said was, um, if you don't go, because at the time it was a two-year school, now it's like a three- or four-year school, and um, they said, if you don't go to second year, you're missing God. And I thought to myself, and I was highly offended, because I didn't need somebody to stand on a stage and tell me I needed to be there in the first place. <laughs> You know, like, I heard from God myself, and I followed that leading. Um, so I didn't feel like it was their place to tell me that I was missing God if I didn't go a second year. And I think it offended me because at the time they didn't even offer. So I've always sang in praise and worship, you know, on the praise teams and stuff. And um, they didn't have a music program at that time. And so I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? You know, just go pay for a year of this education that doesn't even apply to what I feel like God's wanting me to do, you know? And so yes. um, so I almost failed that class, um, but I went back. Um, as soon as I had peace about it, I went back, and that day, I guess the dean had corrected that instructor and made him publicly apologize to everybody. But huh? I was just Good. like, <laughs> I was like, holy moly. And so it, it, I have, I've had quite a few experiences in that realm, and so I know I hear um, a lot of ministers talk about the prosperity message and all that, you know, it's, it's almost like a whole nother gospel, it's not the true gospel, and yes. 
it. And so having lived it when I was younger, and it's all name it, claim it, all this other stuff, and if you're not, then your faith just must not be enough. And, and I just hope that there's somebody out there that is listening to this that can benefit from knowing that it's not about your faith, <laughs> whether you have a Ferrari <laughs> or not. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's like, um, I just, it put me in bondage for a lot of years. And, and I just hope that, you know, maybe there's people out there that maybe are in bondage that can just understand that it's so important to rightly divide the word. You know, um, and that's why I wanted to get your in, your take on the speaking in tongues and the different things like that because, um, you know, I've I've been just nonstop listening to your station and I get to hear a lot of the ministers and everything and every single time it's like right on like theology wise it's like right on and um, so I was like you know I could probably trust. Well, I think it's a great question. I think a lot of people listening in uh, really need to understand that there is a, a biblical approach to things, and once you know the biblical approach, then you'll be able to tell the, the uh, fraud, uh, the phony, very clear. And so thanks for calling. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Patty's been waiting in Yuma, Arizona. Patty, welcome to the program. Oh, sorry. I was taking a nap there. No, I'm teasing. Well, that's okay. <laughs> taking a nap. No. You're spo- aren't you listening on, on your phone? Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> and up? doing yard work and all that other stuff, so I'm multitasking. What, what um, can we do for I you? Had, well, I had a question about um, if you could kind of go over again the... The coming of the the, the white horses, and okay. there's um, a part, and I can't find it and remember where it's at, but where is the false Christ, or you know, the false, you know, is uh-huh, he's yeah, his armor is different than than Christ coming, and yes. when that was supposed to occur. Well, you know, I the Antichrist confused? comes on the scene. Um, the Antichrist comes on the scene early on in the Book of Revelation. And as you, as you, you find the Antichrist on the scene at the part uh, in the beginning part as a one-world ruler, that the he comes. The word Antichrist has two meanings to it. One is the typical one where we think of anti and Christ against Christ, but the word anti can also refer to a. Um, in place of, and so he's a fraud, and he's a fake Messiah, and he's someone that's pretending to be Christ, that he'll be embraced by the world as the world's Savior, and he'll be the one that's referred to as, you have saved us, but in reality, he's he's exactly the opposite of Jesus. And when Jesus returns at the end of the Great Tribulation, he also comes on a white horse, because Antichrist is just a fraud. Or we'll be called up into heaven and stuff before this happens? Say that again? We'll be called up into heaven before this happens? I believe if if you and I as believers are alive at the rapture of the church, we will be with the Lord while the Great Tribulation takes place on the earth. Okay. So we don't have to worry about being told by who's who on what horse. 
Yeah, and we won't. We'll be able to see it from above. But I do think that, like we heard in an earlier caller, because somebody called, I think they text and said, you know, are there going to be many antichrists before the antichrist? And the Bible oh, teaches that the answer to that is yes. There's going to be a lot of people against Jesus. There's going to be a lot of people um, uh, as as imposters, little a antichrist before the big a antichrist. But I believe that the Antichrist could be alive on the earth today, considering that we're in the last days, that we are watching the world um, come together in a global economy. We're watching the world come together under a global religion. Uh, we're watching the world come together on our global money system, that mm -hmm. all the things are being put in place for the Antichrist to rule and to, you know, with all the chaos and craziness that's happening as well, um, that he'll come in and and uh, create a peace treaty. You know what he's. You know what the Antichrist is really going to be famous for is creating a peace between um, the nation of Israel and all of its Arab enemies. Right. Right. <clears throat> and that's that's going to. Okay. Well, I was just kind of curious and stuff. And can you um, tell me where that part um, is in the Bible so that I can look that up again? And yeah. Um, so because I know the armor and stuff is different and and that kind of stuff, but I was talking to my grandson and just kind of wanted to, you know, just teaching him little things along the way, you know. Well, so, a, but you're gonna you're gonna want a good working knowledge of the Book of Revelation because we see in chapter six as the seals are opened, all the judgments that are coming upon the earth, and then uh, we meet the Antichrist in uh, let's see in Revelation. And let me see what chapter is some of the descriptions. And we, we go through some of those descriptions in, um, let me see why I can't pull it up here. Revelation, let's see here. I'm kind of looking through. Uh, stick with me. No way. Huh. I, I thought it was, you know, Revelation 13 gives us insight on the, on the unholy trinity. So probably beginning about... Revelation chapter 13, you start getting glimpses of the unholy trinity um, and how they, are, how they have come to replace the true trinity of God. So start, I mean, all of Revelation kind of gives insight, but chapter 13 really starts that. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We've gotten all kinds of calls, I mean, yesterday, too, from around the country. So welcome, welcome, welcome as many more stations pick this uh, program up. And uh, we're grateful to be connected in all around the country. 303-690-3000. Uh, let's see here. Jim is calling in from Tampa, Florida. Jim, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Um, I just got home from work, so I'm a little hot and tired, but... Uh... It's not really humid down here, so I'm thankful for the Lord for that. And I missed your show yesterday, but I yes. heard my wife call Debbie um, asking for prayer for the most excellent, or not the most excellent, but uh, you turned for Christ, Florida, that yes. uh, God's down here. And I just wanted to let your listeners know that uh, God's doing a work down here. This is uh, the only one, the first one here in Florida for you turn for Christ, and it's a uh, yes. restoration um, home for men um, to, to to turn their lives over to Jesus to 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 just to 
to make the right choice to make that turn for Christ that, that'll turn their life around. He's a one-step program, and, and once once we take that step towards him, he's there waiting, and he'll, he'll catch him. and he, ca- he caught me. He brought me back from just a, a, a wrecked life, but it was my choice, and, and bad choices people make, and that's what U-Turn for Christ is there for, to help these men and women um, make great choices for the Lord for the rest yes. of their life. Yes. Well, I, I think that uh, we were talking, uh, when I was talking to Debbie yesterday, I was just saying, you know, it's really the story that you guys have of being here, the, the restorative work of God in you here, then stepping in the ministry in the most excellent way, and then really feeling the burden for a variety of reasons to head out from Colorado and move to Florida. Then you land in Florida into a local church, a local Calvary there, and then through the life of the church there, the burden to open up a home and dedicate yourself to re- to being a tool in God's hands to uh, be on the front lines with addiction and deliverance of, of addiction is super powerful. And I just think people sit in churches all the time for a variety of reasons, just missing out on the fullness of what God wants to do in their lives. And Amen. can you just share for a minute, like what was... What was the motivating factor that moved you from a chair or a pew at a church in Florida to taking this massive step? How how was it that, you know, we only have a couple minutes, but how was it that you got there? How was it that you and Debbie got there to say, this is what we're going to do? So I I believe it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because I got saved in 1991, and I was one of those guys sitting in in the pew and doing stuff, but I never really have that at the moment of my salvation, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, and that's that came to, to life, and the Word came to life for me, how that works in the Bible, and the truth of that, um, back in, in 2009, and, and I can remember where I was sitting, I can remember what you were teaching on, like, and, and, and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and said, you know, if you're just going to play a game, why are you here? Mm. And and that's 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 when my heart got broke, and yes. and I went and I and I said whatever you want me to do, God, however you want me to do it, whenever, what clean to I don't I didn't I didn't care, Pastor. <laughs> and and that's when he said, you know, you grew up in that. You have friends that are getting um, just swallowed up by the, by the enemy. Um, yes, and and they need to hear that that freedom that you have, Jim, that that uh, that I gave you. And so go back and, 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 and tell them. And so that was, that was the first step. You know, I ended up in a prayer meeting um, that I'd never been in before, um, the men's prayer meeting at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, well, why am I here, God? You know? And <laughs> so, but, I, but I learned from these, the guys that were there. You know, I yes. think the Ron, the, you know, um, just the, the men that I met that, that I'd never really been around. And and that that taught me and, and 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 honed me through the Holy Spirit of of to, to be patient to be you know to to reach out to to people in love and uh, you know don't beat them over the head with the Bible just just you know and, it's, and that's where it started in about 1991 and then you know like you said uh, the most excellent way I just walked in there and started cooking coffee and. And if anybody's, if you're out there, I mean, I'm I'm almost sixty years old, and I think a pop 
pop measle and, and yes. him and you know it's never too late if you're out there listening never. to this and, and, and you think you're too old you're too sore you're <laughs> whatever <laughs> think past that and get past that and let the holy spirit take a hold of your life and, and just use it however however he's going to do it we don't have very much time left i believe we're we're running out of days and and i think that the holy spirit wants to get a hold of the church and 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 i'm just so thankful pastor that i was able to learn from from what you taught me and debbie and just to uh to wait on him and follow him i was listening yesterday to your show about the guy with the firewood and it's so cool to see god you know just take us from just going into the most excellent way and then going into the jails and then coming out here going on mission trips and ah uh, yeah if you're out there listening well, don't wait for just sell out all in as faster as all in all in I mentioned that last night. It's all in, man. We, we've got to be all in. So blessings on it. Keep us up to date, Jim. I will. Thanks, Pastor Ed. God bless All right. You. Bye-bye. Lord, we just pray for U-Turn. We pray for Jim and Debbie and the, the, the fruit that's going to come. And it reminds me to pray for Florence in the U-Turn here in Colorado. Uh, we have somebody there that's very close to our church that's in the program, and we pray for him specifically, that you would do a thorough work in his heart, and there would be full deliverance and strength and abiding, that he might find his sufficiency in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we got one more call. Shirley is calling from the Springs, Colorado Springs. Shirley, you're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ed, I just have a quick question. Um, You've been talking about giving, and I want to ask you something. If you are giving, I I have a daughter, actually I have five daughters, but I have a daughter that really needs my help. Like, I have to help her. So okay. whenever I give to the church, I feel really guilty because I feel like instead of giving that to the church, like I should have gave it to my daughter. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And so sure. with her new baby and all that, so where where's the balance in all of this? Like where can I, how can I have that peace? Because I am like, seriously, like this is like really like I don't know what to do. If I should just go ahead and do my 10%, I know it's, I should be doing more because God wants all of us, right. but everything. But, and I want to give him everything. That's why I'm kind of torn on it because I don't know, should I just maybe skimp a little bit on my giving Sunday and give a little more to my daughter? Or what's, what's your word on that? Well, my answer to you is you should do both. You should honor the Lord first with all of your substance, and you should help your daughter as you can. Okay. Uh, and... I think that both, but the order that God gives us as you're praying, God will give you the amounts. You know, the tithe, the tithe is a measurement that we get from the Old Testament. You know, the right. New Testament, our new covenant, the requirement for the new covenant is actually more than 10%. It's right. everything. We're to lay right. our lives on the line, and he owns everything. But 10% is a good model. It's a good, God is pleased with your giving. He's pleased when you give cheerfully. So when I hear you, when I hear the, the, the wrestling in your life, I think the answer from God is you should do both, but in the right order. And, and I think you know the answer to some of the questions you asked. So let me repeat to you what you said, because you asked me that you said this, should I skimp on giving to God? I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah, and, that's and so true. as you're wrestling, you're just wrestling with the reality of obedience. And, and I know because of the depth of your heart, you're going to be able to do both because God is going to provide for you to do both. Um, and, and also sometimes, and again, I, I, we don't need to know the details. You know everything about your daughter, so I'm not asking that. Uh, but I do know sometimes 
God wants us not to help in order for that other person's faith to grow. And so you just got to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit so that when you do choose to help your daughter, that you're actually doing it led by the Holy Spirit, not just emotionally. That's true. You, <laughs> without even having to tell you, you hit it on the head. So, yeah. And so both. I think you, I think as a good okay. mama and as a good daughter of the King, that the answer is that you would give both and God will provide for you a peace that passes all understanding as you do both in the right order. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, here we are at the end of today's show. You know, next week is Refresh. It's uh, We're having Passion Worship come out. Passion is um, a worship ministry from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, that, is, that right now is being led by Christian Stanfield, uh, but it was formerly led by Chris Tomlin and quite a few quite a few of the um, ministry uh, worship songs that we sing today have come to us from Passion. Uh, and we're bringing Passion out to Colorado. And uh, they're not coming out for a concert as much as they're coming out for a worship experience and our ministry conference. And you don't have to be a part of Calvary or the Calvary Chapel family to come. You are invited. Any believer, bring your unbelieving friends. Go to calvaryaurora.org slash refresh for more information on tickets and what you need to do to come. Come on out, calvaryaurora.org. Thanks for the privilege of being a part of your life. May the Lord bless and encourage you, and let's seek Him together. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.